Welcome back to the Hollow Sky Podcast. We are your hosts, Stephen and Kyle. And thanks everybody for tuning in to hang out with us today. And make sure you tell all your weird friends about us and share us around all your social medias. Uh, I've got a little interesting mystery put together that I stumbled across here recently, taking us back over to Mother Russia. But before we get into that, we got to go through the business. So check us out at all our social medias Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter. Search Apollo Sky Podcast. We will be there. Come and hang out with us, share memes, post any interesting, paranormal, conspiracy, weird shit you find that you'd like for us to look into, and just come hang out and build the community. I also started a TikTok, so come over there and watch me make a fool out of myself trying to promote the podcast. If you've got a uh, personal paranormal experience that you'd like to share and have us feature on a future episode, Kyle's going to tell you how to do that. You can record yourself on your smartphone, your smart device, any way you can, whether it's just the audio from like a voice memo app or using the camera and just recording a video, sending it over to the email, which is going to be holoskypodcast at gmail.com. Any other way that you want to get a hold of us is fine too. You can just send an email. You can hit us up on any of the social media platforms, give us a story, and then we'll talk about it. Hell yeah, we will. That's what we do. We also got a Patreon. If you'd like to support the show in that manner, hop over there, sign up for that. We got extra episodes. Uh, Not a whole lot yet, but we're going to work on that. Uh, We got some extra goodies we'll send you, and it'll just be dope. We've also got a Venmo if you'd like to buy some monsters. Speaking of which, from the Venmo account... Booyah. Oh, yeah. Mine's already open. I've been Delicious. chug-a-lugging. I got a whole fucking fridge full of monsters. I know. It's, it's stupid. It is pretty ridiculous. I got like 80 fucking monsters in my fridge. I'm probably going to die of a heart attack. Well, I mean, anything for anything for a sponsor, right? That's true. They're going to hear me eventually. <laughs> um, Yeah, if you'd like to support us monetarily, do that through the Patreon or Venmo. The best thing you can do is hop over to your podcast or whatever you listen to your podcast on and leave us a rating and review. Um, It helps us float to the top, cream of the crop of all the podcasts and makes us more visible to everyone that listens. Sounded like a giant turd reference. Well, it helps us float to the top, cream of the crop. I was trying to be (laughs) Macho Man Randy Savage, but... Well, you didn't use the Slim Jim voice. Oh, because I can't do one. Um, But anyway... If you leave us a five-star rating and review and I find it, I will gladly shout you out. Today's comes from our friend KW Bailey 81 five stars. He says, listening from across the Mississippi, a great variety of paranormal content and even better conversations. Can't wait to listen to more. Well, KW Bailey, thank you so much for taking the time to leave us a five-star rating and review. We greatly appreciate it. And we're glad you like to hang out with us. Yeah. I like to hang out with us too. Yeah, that's why we get together for 12 hours and we only record two episodes. We just hang out. Naturally. Hell yeah. Realist in the game. (laughs) Um, That leads us to our listener experience of the day. Comes to us from our friend David. Uh, Little trigger warning. This uh, experience, he said, does contain uh, talks of suicide. So if that... uh, will bother you please skip ahead like 10 minutes or something and that'll be out of the way so from our friend david here is his experience g'day guys dave from down under again uh just sending in some responses to some questions that you had on a submission i did a couple of weeks or a couple of months ago uh, about my ghost stories i also have another short ghost story from within my family at the end of that uh before i go on with that though i just want to say i found myself a new beer called ghost ship uh, and as soon as i saw it in the store i thought of you guys and decided to buy a case of it immediately uh, so with that cheers to the hollow sky podcast not quite a uh, not quite a monster however still just as delicious uh, so for the resp- uh, responses to the questions you had first one i think was about the the truck driving story that i had in, on putty road uh, whether or not there was any history of hit and runs on that road. I did a quick search online. I couldn't really find anything. However, um, from, from the search that I did, it seems to have a high 
road toll on that road. So a lot of people have died over the years since it's opened in, from what I found, in the 1800s. So uh, whether or not a hit and run was probably involved in that and has just been lost to time, uh, I don't know. I couldn't find any spe- anything specific. But uh, from what I researched, a lot of people have died on that road. So it could just be that a man who was uh, usually a jogger maybe just died on the road and his... Uh, as you were saying on the episode, his energy got absorbed uh, into that area. Um, for the uh, accommodation building story that I had, you had questions of whether or not I still work there and there's some history around the uh, around the building itself. Uh, I still do. I do still work at the place where that building is, uh, and I talked to some people and I. Uh, did a bit of digging into the history of the building. Now, there's not a lot that I could find, um, but uh, from what I did find, I found out that somebody did actually commit suicide in one of the rooms uh, at a time that I, you know, a year that I couldn't find out. However, there are there are reports that some time ago or a couple of years ago, someone did actually hang themselves uh, in one of the rooms. So um, that was interesting could probably lead to uh, a haunting, so to speak, as you said, an untimely death within the building. Um, don't have any details of who it was, when it was, what even what room it is. Um, however, uh, I just know that a suicide did occur. Um, the uh, I have been back into the, the building since <laughs> the little encounter that I said last time um, because... One of the, the cleaner ladies came up to me uh, to, to tell me some more stories because now that I'm sort of involved in their uh, in their lives with that, they've they've come up to me with some other ones. Um, apparently, in the um, in the roof roofs of the of the rooms, each one has like a little manhole to get into the roof. Um, and one particular room, every time they go into the building to uh, to clean to clean the building, one particular room always has the manhole open. None of the other rooms do. It's just this one particular room, and they say it's every day they go in there. It's open. Now I don't know if it's because of uh, wind over pressure or you know uh, difference in the wind, because I know that can sometimes happen, um, especially in South Australia down in Adelaide where where I live. There's, there's a lot of wind sometimes off the peninsula, so I don't know whether it's uh, the the difference in pressure between the roof and the rooms is causing that manhole to to pop open. However, if well, my thought is if that's occurring, why wouldn't all of them be doing it? Not just this one room, and it's always this one room. So um, that was just a little update onto to, to those stories and some responses to the questions you had. Um, as for the the story I wanted to, to talk about, I'll keep it real. I'll hopefully, keep it short because I know my last submission was quite long. Um, Again, it involves my brother, and if you remember, if anyone remembers back to the episode where we talked about, um, you know, he had his he had the light bulbs come out of the come out of his porch and onto the onto the concrete, and also um, apparently seeing his wife walking down the hallway. Uh, this was same same brother, but this was occurred when he was a teenager. Him and some mates um, got a boat, uh, and they went out to a place called Peel Island. Now, this is in Queensland, uh, just off the coast of Brisbane. Uh, and Peel Island, in its history, used to be a quarantine station back in the 1800s. It also used to be, at, for, for a slight period of time, a, a location for an asylum for, for vagrants and, and also uh, for a big chunk of its history, for 50 years, it was a leper colony. So um, uh, people uh, with leprosy, would be isolated on that island for years at a time and no no contact with the outside world. And this is early 1900s, so you can imagine the boredom that they would have uh, endured while staying on the island. They, from all accounts that I, that I researched into the island, the, the conditions, especially at the beginning, weren't all that great. Um, however, I couldn't find anything particularly on mistreatment of patients. It was just... Um, the, the conditions weren't that great and it was compared more to a prison rather than a treatment centre uh, in the early stages. Um, moving on, um, this, this occurred uh, back, in, uh, back in the 90s. Uh, my brother uh, went out with some mates, as I said, he, they pulled up on Peel Island. Um, it is quite a picturesque island now that there's no lepers on it um, and they were camping the night on the beach. Uh, and... When he says, when he tells a story, 
he says they're all sitting around a campfire, um, drinking some beers, doing all doing all the uh, doing all the things that you know young kids like to do when they go camping. And uh, they said all of a sudden, out of the bush came a full body apparition of a of a ghost of a man. He looked sad. He looked uh, looked like he'd been crying. Um, it, at first, they didn't think it was a ghost. They thought it was just a like another dude. Um, that just happened to be on the island. He came out of the bush and they, they, they looked at him and he walked straight into the middle of their little camp group and straight into the middle of the fire before disappearing in the fire. Uh, and they all sort of freaked out. I think they I think they all sort of thought maybe they've had a bit too much to drink. Um, so they all went to bed at that point in time. Uh, they woke up in the morning and they all asked each other if what they saw, everyone else saw. And everyone, apparently in the group, there was about five or six of them. They all said, yeah, we saw exactly the same thing. A man walk out of the bush into the fire and disappear. Um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it was just a, a drunken hallucination, given that all five of them uh, validated the story in the morning when, uh, when sobriety had hit them. Uh, that was my short story. Uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully you guys get a bit of a, bit of a kick out of it. Um, yeah, take it easy, guys. Uh, catch you around. Bye. Well, first off, thanks, David, for taking the time to uh, respond and doing your research, bro. That was fucking awesome. You took our questions and you fucking ran with them. For sure. And I just want to say respect, dude. Your your can pop. <laughs> nice was, touch. That was awesome. Nice touch, brother. Um, With your highway ghost, like you said, I mean, it seems like that highway's got a stack of bodies on it. So. For sure. A lot of times where there's traumatic events, uh, energy gets stored, according to some theories. So it definitely kind of adds up. And as well as the uh, place where you work, like you said, there was uh, a suicide in the building, which again, traumatic incident, could definitely lead toward that kind of energy being stored. It is weird that the one manhole cover in the room is opened all the time. Could be one of them... uh... Residual things. Yeah. Like me. Maybe whoever it was that was part of their daily routine. It might have been. Go in and flip that open. And I don't know. It's just. Or somebody's just trying to break out of that bitch. It's true. That's true. You know? And then with your your current story, I mean, it sounds like the island, once again, has a history of shitty things going on it. And I'm sure that people perished if they were isolated there for large amounts of time. And then the fact it's kind of ironic that he comes out of the bush crying and then he walks right into the fire. <laughs> just like, fuck it. It's like a ghost suicide. Just fuck it. I'm trying to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying that that's the case, but it's just kind of interesting. Yeah. there's. I mean, I feel like there's so much we don't understand about um, like energy as a whole. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And even like, like life energy or for lack of a better term how it i don't know it hurts my brain to try to exactly. think about, that's what i was like, gonna say like you when, you go into these holes and your brain just starts to melt to pieces you know like we physically can be dead but our energy even even the energy that we're putting off now that has nothing to do with a, a soul or an existence or anything will still be out there and pushed out into the the vastness forever. You know what I mean? Yeah. And for it to almost be sentient and remain stuck to a place is almost terrifying to me because if something shit happens that ends my life, I definitely do not want to be stuck in the same spot over and over and over again. Yeah. I think I'll take a hard pass on that as well. Yeah. I don't know, man. It just, the more I look into this shit and the more like, things kind of tick the same boxes it makes you wonder what the fuck is going on i think that's the general description to everything that we're into yeah what the fuck is going on yes exactly (laughs) (laughs) but thanks again dave i I, dude i just think it's so dope that we have dudes in all parts of the country yeah or countries world world is the word i was looking for no we just got a cheers from a a guy we never met in Australia. Yeah, I think it's awesome, dude. It's fucking so wild. You're a legend, and I do we appreciate Fuck it. Yeah. It's fucking awesome. If we ever go to Australia, we're gonna hang out. Yeah, and crack some monsters, or if you ever make it to the states, fuck it. That now we're out. talking. Now we're talking. 
Because I don't want to have to try to fight anything in Australia. I just don't want to fly over a large body of water. <laughs> Sorry. That kind of limits limits your, your world tour there. Hey, man. There's plenty of shit to see here in America. Yeah. All right. Time for the... Uh, meat of the store or of the episode today i've got kind of a shorter interesting mystery that i stumbled upon looks like Um, a bunch of shitty words it takes us back to russia so bear with me on names of places and people because surprisingly enough russia is russian is not my first language well yeah you've guessed that no (laughs) you need to just pull up one of them like Voice to text things, and then just every time you have a shitty name, you just pop it, in, it there. in there. And yeah, I'd probably do just as much good as I am. It probably would, but just go. <laughs> <laughs> but um, what I looked into for today's episode has been referred to as the Buryatia incident or the Hamar Daban mystery. So as we get into it, you'll kind of notice some similarities to a similar mystery we did an episode on not too long ago, but I'm just going to kick it off. We're going to roll with it and see where it goes. So on August 9th, a group of Ukrainian kayakers were cruising down a remote river in southern Siberia. The tour would take them along the monstrous Hamar Daban mountain range. As they're drifting along the river tour, they notice something moving in the woods. As they got out closer, they could make out a young woman roaming through the forest. The kayakers approached and noticed that her jacket was covered with blood. She wouldn't respond to anything they said, and whatever experiences that she had had caused such trauma that she wouldn't speak of it for years to come. Kayakers would gather her up and take her back to a local town where they would discover that she was Valentina Udachinko, a tourist that had been missing from a tour in the Hamar Daban mountain range. Uh, she had not went into the mountains alone, though. Six other members of her hiking party were still missing. So we are back to Russia in a mountain range. More missing people. Yes. This, this did, it was say, a, did it say how long she was missing before she was found? Uh, I think I got it in here. Okay. Yeah. I just asked. This was in 1993 too. I forgot to put that in there. August 9, 1993. So relatively recent. Yeah. At first, I thought I had to deal with the kayakers, and I'm like, "Well, there's your first problem right there. You're out there kayaking. Kyle doesn't go in water. Over water. That's stupid." Um, Again, you will notice a lot of mysteries to the Dyatlov Pass incident. The first odd thing that I came across about this case is there is like little to no media coverage. He like. Even on like Russian sites, I couldn't find anything. And like worldwide, you almost never hear about it. Like the Dyatlov Pass was so big, like everybody has covered that mystery. It's right. one of the top mysteries of all time. But right. this one, which is just as fucking weird, is just swept under the rug. Yeah, maybe it was uh, done on purpose. Right. That's kind of what it sounds like. I did find a couple YouTube creators that covered it. Uh, check them out. I used uh, Nick Crowley's video as some of my sources and Dark Curiosities. I use them. There's also a dietlovepass.com that I looked into that has some correlations between the Diet Love incident and the uh, Hamar Daban incident. But the Hamar Daban is located, it's a mountain range located on the southern, uh, in southern Siberia in the area of Baratia. Yeah. That sounds Russian. So they find. Valentina. Seven days earlier, August 1993, 41-year-old hiking instructor Ludmila Korovina arrived at a train station in Erkerst. She was meeting a small group of hikers that she was taking on a Category 4 climb that was supposed to span about 50 miles. They were all part of the Petropavlovsk Azimut Tour Club. So the hikers were Tatiana Filipenko, she was 24. Vika Zalasova, 16. Alexander Kirsten was 23. They called him Sasha. Denis uh, Shavakin, he was 19. Valentina Untachenko was 17. And Timur Bapanov was 15. That's crazy young ages to be yeah. doing this crazy hard climbing shit. That's what a lot of people pointed out. Um, all the hikers, besides the instructor, were relatively young. Most of them teenagers luckily they were all significantly experienced climbers and hikers and ludamila the one who was leading the hike was a world-renowned uh master in tourism with a vast knowledge of the trails and climbs 
in the Hamar Devon range. So, That's so she crazy. knew her shit. And these kids knew what they were doing. I mean, obviously, they were part of a tour club. They were probably just planning on going out, having a good time. Right. It's the middle of the summer. Let's just go and fucking chill out and go on a camping Russians trip. Russians are hard asses. That's what I'm saying. With all things taken into consideration, they were well-trained and well-prepared group for the climb that they were about to undertake. Uh, the route that they were going on was not considered dangerous and was actually a popular tourist attraction. So there was a lot of people out and about. Hmm. The highest peak on the route was uh, 2,396 meters high, which is about 7,500 feet, a little give or take. I ain't climbing which up is there. high, but it, did, it didn't really look all that terrible. Like, I'm not a mountain climber. I probably couldn't do it. But as far as like Mount Everest goes, it wasn't Mount Everest. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, they said that climb shouldn't have been an issue at all for these, uh, ones going on this hike. Other hiking groups took off that day on similar nearby routes. One of them actually being led by Ludomila's 16 year old daughter. So not only was she a boss bitch at climbing, her daughter was also. It seems like a lot of people like to climb stuff over there. Yeah. Maybe they didn't have anything else to do. That's true. TikTok was down. It's just, it blows my mind how young they are. It's yeah. just crazy. Like, even being 24 and being a world-renowned climber, it's just kind of crazy, you know? Like, that's... Yep. It's pretty interesting. They're hard asses. I'm telling you. The two groups planned on meeting the next day before Ludomilia and her group would continue to Ludyanka, which was their final destination where they planned on ending their hike. Weather predictions seemed perfect for the duration of the hike. Unfortunately, they were drastically wrong. A Mongolian cyclone set in on the Hamar Daban range and pummeled the group, dropping torrential rains and dropping the temperatures below freezing. It became so bad that Ludomili decided to e- reevaluate her route and change it, so they missed meeting up with her daughter the following day. Three days later, they had almost reached the peak of Mount Triton, Tritrans? Tritrans? Yeah. which is about 7,500 feet high. Uh, there was a small wooden shelter on the peak. Two kilometers to the south was a small pine forest that would also have provided relative shelter. The weather became so bad, visibility became almost non-existent from the wind and the snow and the sleet. Ludomia decided to set up camp on the side of the barren mountain for the night. Um, it's questioned why she didn't try to make it up to the wooden shelter that was only 30 minutes from where they were because those were built specifically for people who got caught in right. the shitty weather. Yeah, maybe it was so bad that she just couldn't. You just couldn't see anything. Yeah, she. Pro- I mean, it was probably a wise call. You know, she knew what the fuck she was doing. You'd think so, yeah. Um, Although, so to I, question I would, it is my first instinct would be to turn back around and go, go down, down toward the forest. That's why people are like, "Why didn't she go down the mountain? Why didn't she go?" Up I would the mountain? have went down for sure. But I mean, you don't know unless you're in that situation. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> it's easy for me to sit here and and talk shit. From uh, your your room in a nice warm house <laughs> yeah. versus being on the side of a mountain, when I mean, you're she's also twenty four years old. So, she was forty one. Oh, she was forty one. Yeah, okay, okay. She was so she she is a seasoned OG vet then. Yeah, she knows what's going on. But nevertheless, I mean, when those types of things happen, it, it changes your psyche. You know what I mean? Like, if it got so bad that you couldn't even see a foot in front of you, that changes everything a lot. Like people don't realize how frightening that can become. Like you're in an environment that you're used to, but imagine putting a blindfold on in the same environment. Now you're like, Oh shit, I have no idea where I'm at. You know, she may not even, and you have a bunch of teenagers. Yeah, exactly. We're going to start freaking the fuck out. And then on top of the, yeah, exactly. So you have that going for you. And then now you're responsible for them. So you're trying to make the best of a shitty situation. Like let's set up camp. Let's just hunker down. Right. And make it till in the morning. Yeah, we'll it get. It could have been getting dark, you know. Right. Yeah, and that that adds more stress. Hey, Hollow Colt. The weather's getting nice, and you know what that means? It's cryptid hunting season, and the first rule to cryptid hunting is good footwear. That's why we're excited to announce our partnership with Tacovis Boots. When you're out hunting the dogman or stalking chupacabra, you don't have time to break in boots. That's why Tacovis is so nice. They have first wear comfort. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with their styles when you're out hunting cryptids. And let me tell you, their styles are on point. I've always considered getting me a pair of snakeskin boots, 
and their pair is mint. They also have crocodile boots, caiman boots, ostrich boots, regular leather boots. They they have it all, and it's re- it's ridiculously awesome. You can even stop by their the local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. So just imagine yourself getting a pair of legitimate snakeskin Hollow Sky branded boots. How awesome would that be? Nothing is going to intimidate a dog man like a nice pair of gator skin boots. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. And more problems and dangers on top of what already sucks. Yeah. So you can't really, like, a lot of people were pointing the blame at her, but you, you don't no, know until no. you're in that situation. Absolutely, absolutely. That's not even fair to... She was just wanting to weather it out, but unfortunately she would wake up the next morning to even worse weather. More snow falling by the hour. Uh, Ludomili decided to have the group pack up and head down the mountain to try to make the tree line of the pine forest so they could catch a break from all of the sleet and the freezing rain and the snow. Unfortunately, they would never reach that line that was less than two kilometers away. Not five minutes into packing up their camp, Alexander Sasha Kirsten, easily considered the strongest of the group, the pack horse, the guy, that they, the go-to guy, would suddenly fall to his knees in the snow. The rest of the hikers watched in horror as Sasha started expelling a strange foam from his mouth. At the same time, blood started running from his ears and his nose. He would further collapse into the snow and begin to seize violently as the rest of the group watched in shock. Kirsten, who was perfect in health and who was seemingly fine just minutes earlier, was now lying in the snow, dying. They'd been outside their camp for literally just minutes, and they were down their strongest man. Ludomilia, realizing the severity of the situation, ordered the others to continue down the mountain to the forest, So the remaining five continued on their descent, minus their leader and their strongest hiker. She just wanted them. She's like, I'm going to stay here with him, see if I can't get his shit together, get him okay. You guys try to make it down to the forest. Yeah, well, we all know from horror movies that that's the worst idea ever is to split up. You should never do that. Luckily, luckily, they didn't make it very far, unluckily. Um, They had no longer gotten just gotten out of sight range when they started hearing horrible screams back from their original camp. Um, where the leader was. Where the, the leader was. They guy. rushed back to the spot where they had left uh, Ludomilia and Sasha, and they were met with another horrible sight. Sasha lay dead. Passed mere minutes, or he passed in just minutes of his first symptoms of whatever it was that had taken over him. Right next to them was their leader, Ludomilia, and now she was breathing her last breath. She's dying too now. Reports are conflicted as to what had caused her death. Some citing the same uh, fucked up symptoms that Sasha had. The foaming from the mouth, the bleeding from the ears. While others state that she just had a heart attack from everything that was going on. Yeah, so that 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 muddies the water, so to speak. Because those are kind of two major different things. Yeah. Like they're not remotely, so that kind of... That kind of muddies the waters a little bit, but I could actually see either one of them happening. Yeah, there's so much stress going because, like, right out of my head, if I if you know you and me are climbing and all of a sudden you fall to your knees, and you got blood coming from your eyes and your ears, and you're foaming out the mouth and <laughs> it shit. Sounds like a zombie apocalypse. I'm gonna be like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, and especially when you're responsible, when you're like the adult adult, and you're right. responsible for these kids, people's. People's parents right. have put their faith in you to take them on this trip and get them back. You know, shit's fucking getting crazy. Yeah, and I mean, when it comes to Sasha's con- condis- conditions, like, what the fuck does that shit other than some type of crazy-ass experiment? Like, because you... I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Like, it, it seems like he, he ingested some type of poison or there was something put into the air, but then that also wouldn't make sense as far as an airborne thing because it didn't get 
the rest of the kids immediately, unless it's all unless it's setting and kind of simmering in each one of them. Here's my next line: All hell is about to break loose for the rest of the bikers. Okay. Here we go. Both Vika and Timar would subsequently collapse on the ground, seizing uncontrollably and bleeding from their ears and nose. In the chaos, they began tearing off their warm clothes and attempting to claw at their throats, ripping at their throats and faces, gasping for air as if they cannot breathe. Valentina rushed over to help Vika, where as soon as she got within reach of her friend, Vika would viciously take a bite out of Valentina, forcing her to retreat. Okay. Yeah, now it is a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> Upon seeing this, the young... I think Dennis was the youngest member of the group. Let me look here. No, Timor was. Dennis was 19. Upon seeing this, Dennis said, fuck this, and he ran for the forest. I don't blame you. He was you. hiding in the trees, attempting to hide from all the carnage that was going on, hiding behind rocks. He just couldn't make sense of what the fuck was happening so to was all some, his friends. Uh, was somebody chasing him at this point? No, he just said, fuck it, I'm getting the fuck okay. out Okay, well, it, you said, like... He was hiding in the trees and then behind rocks. I, I didn't know. Yeah, I like think I he was just like, especially after you see one of them take a bite out of the other one. Oh, yeah, I'm gone. You're probably getting the fuck out of there. Fuck that. Um, I've seen movies. He was hiding behind boulders and trees trying to make sense of what was happening to his friends. And he could only watch as his friends seemingly just fell more and more into this madness and death. So weird. As Dennis hid from the group, Tatiana began to also tear her clothes off, exposing her body to the harsh freezing elements. She began clawing at her throat and face as well and threw herself to the frozen ground. As she fought with herself, she noticed a large boulder nearby. She would begin crawling frantically toward the boulder, and once she reached it, she began slamming her head off of the hard rock over and over and over again until she finally collapsed, her lifeless body slumped over in the snow. Wow. All right, well, that took a fucking weird turn. Can you imagine? Like, like I can't it, this even reminds me being that kid. Dude, this reminds me of Twenty Eight Days Later. Yeah, it's it's so fucking like it's like weird. a yeah, it's like some type of like because that's what like in Twenty Eight Days Later was more of like a mad virus versus like a zombie virus, right? It made people just fucking crazy. Yeah, and but then it, the thing that don't make sense is how it. How they can contra- all contracted it, you know what I mean? Like, unless it all, unless it happened in the storm, if somebody released something in the high winds, or if there's something in the immediate area, which all, wouldn't make much sense because there's a bunch of ice and snow on the ground, which makes it harder for viruses and stuff to to survive. Like, it, yeah, it's fucking weird, man. It would be. Can you imagine? Like, it makes me like with all that said, it makes me feel like this is more intentional than what. And what the fuck kind of thing do you release in the air that causes people to walk up to a boulder, crawl up to a boulder, and just repeatedly... Yeah, just beat their head off it. Well, until you're dead. ironically enough, I saw something that... I forget where I saw it, but I guess this is the most poisonous plant is in Australia. <laughs> Go right? figure. Well, I, I was reading that just by touching this plant, that people who experience the pain from touching this plant... They would literally rather kill the, kill themselves than suffer through the Deal pain from the plant. Fuck. So, but not to, not to say that this is linked or anything like that. But it could, whatever they were going through could have been so fucking painful. Yeah, that's that, true. Or it, or it changed the chemical in their brain where they they went mad. I mean, they went crazy. It's and it's it's just so weird that it hit so fast. Right, like, yeah. Wham. For sure, for sure. Um after seeing this, Dennis would come out of hiding. He was going to try to help Valentina who was the only other remaining survivor. Um but they could feel their health failing as well. Dennis turned to Valentina and told her to head for the trees and save herself and not long after Dennis began showing symptoms as well, foaming from the mouth and bleeding from his nose and ears, he too would succumb to the symptoms. Okay, so did I miss something? Did he go back? Yeah, he went back to try to help her. To the bodies. Yeah. That was that was your fuck up, dude. Yeah. Shouldn't have done that. He went back to try to help her. She was the only one else. Because I wanted to her. I wanted to know if he had stayed away and then produced the symptoms or he obviously went back. back. So it would have been more interesting if he wouldn't have gone back, then started to produce symptoms, because then that would suggest 
that at least it, it at one point all of them would have had to drink something. It was localized. Yeah, drink something, eat something, or if it was just in that area that they were all in. So, but what about so the girl was she with the bodies when he went back? Yeah, she was back trying. She got bit by the. She was the one that got bit oh, okay. by the other one. And she's fine? So That's she's weird. She's the only one that survived. How old was she? Is uh, this one? Let me go up here and check. Valentina was 17. All right. Uh, you're not very high on the serial killer status list. No. Um, she was the only um. surviving member. She gathered some supplies and wandered the forest for three days. Traumatized by the events before the Ukrainian kayakers would find her and return her civilization. It would take three weeks for the bodies of the remaining hikers to be found as Valentina would not be able to speak about what had transpired. She, she just didn't even talk. Um, what rescuers found, they said, would leave them no less traumatized than her. They came across the bodies. They were nude. Didn't have any. A lot of them didn't have any clothes on at all. No socks, no shoes. They are quoted in saying that they didn't have any eyes. And... The sockets of their eyes and their mouth were full of worms. I'm assuming that they meant maggots. Yeah. I guess uh, if it was in more or less in warmer temperatures, that makes sense. A few of the hikers' bodies were flown to nearby Siberian City for autopsies. Their cause of death was ruled as hypothermia, hypothermia and protein deficiency. Yep, yep. Citing that maybe they weren't eating well, but Valentina, and when she started talking, stated that they all ate well and they all ate the same thing. Okay. The so. autopsies also shows that uh, a lot of the victims had bruised lungs, which almost seems like it would come from some sort of outside force, which is kind of what went on in the dialogue. Pass. Yeah, well, and the eye is missing too. Here are the, the symptoms that the hikers had. Fatigue and weakness, foaming at the mouth, paradoxical undressing, seizure, psychosis, paranoia, change of personality, bleeding of the nose and ears, uh, paralysis, asphyxiation, and loss of consciousness. The only things that tick this whole hypothermia would be the fatigue and weakness, paradoxical undressing, change of personality, yeah. and loss of consciousness. It has nothing to do with the foaming of the fucking mouth, the bleeding from the eat. Uh, yeah, that one's the weird one to me, the bleeding yeah. of the nose and ears. And and whatever the fuck the foam was coming from the mouth. Right, like, yeah, that's, that's, that's like a rabies shit. Weird as fuck. Um, and hypothermia doesn't, doesn't tick off the boxes either because they spent their nights. First off, it was summer, so it wasn't disastrously cold the cyclone came in and dropped temperatures below freezing right but they said it would have hovered right around freezing okay just enough to make the snow and the ice yeah so it would have sucked but it wouldn't have been impossible to live through yeah it's probably like what we got out here now right yeah and they'd also spent the night in the warm tents with right all their warm clothes and shit and the fact that they'd only been out of the tents minutes before all these symptoms started to hit them the bruised lungs don't make much sense either. No. People were wondering if uh, Ludomia had... She was a forager. She lived, She liked being outside in nature. She would always pick mushrooms and shit. They wondered if maybe she had made a mistake, picked something that was poisonous. Like you said, it sounded like a poison. Yeah, but are there mushrooms that can do that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that's a pretty specific list there and... But on that note, <laughs> Valentina had eaten the same thing everybody yeah. else had eaten and didn't suffer from any like of the, the only thing that suggests me for Valentina is that she had some type of immunity that, immunity that she didn't know about. And on the, flip side, on the flip side of that, it wasn't cold enough for her not to be able to survive by herself. For exactly. Yeah, for sure. Yes. So. Yeah. So right out of the, right there with that alone, hypothermia is out the fucking window. Yeah. Another theory is low-frequency sound waves, which was also like infrasound was suggested at the Dial of Pass. Low-frequency sound, people that have suffered from low-frequency Can that make you bleed from sound, the eyes? It has uh, bizarre effects on your behavior, which would be the tearing of the throat, slamming sure, your head yeah. off. The, it affects the inner ears to the point to where they could bleed. They could rupture your eardrums and bleed. It also causes nausea and affects the inner organs. So it could fucking crazy. essentially make you throw yeah. up. And if it's if it's weird enough, I mean it could rupture your insides where you got where uh, Yeah, and that's what I was thinking with the the eyes or the nose and the ears. I mean, it it could have ruptured blood vessels 
You know what I mean? And yeah, and, I didn't say that their like, eyes were bleeding. Yeah, I keep just I, that's my fault. Yeah, that's all right. I just wanted to like separate that, but it was from the nose and the ears. Right. Another thing that popped up are uh, poison gases or nerve agents. Right. Uh, they're in the middle of uh, that makes sense Russia. to me. The USSR just split up, so they were big on checking out. Like different kind of weapons, using yeah. using nerve gases, using poisons and shit. And when the USR broke, USSR broke up, a lot of these gases and shit went unaccounted for. Oh yeah, that makes sense. So people are wondering if it was the government testing these right. kinds of things, or if it was some rogue rogue agency that had got them and was testing it, or could it have been something that was left the fuck out there? Yeah, and I thought about when that too. The cyclone came through; it just happened to set it off. But if there wasn't nothing nefarious, why the media outage? Right, yeah. They said, uh, one of the YouTubers said that they found one write-up, one newspaper write-up about what had went on. And to top that off, authorities waited an entire week to send out a search party. That's why it took three weeks to get the bodies. Interesting. So in theory... Just enough time... Yes. For whatever's yes. out there the subtle, to clear the, yeah, the air. Exactly. Ironically enough. Yeah, I mean that's exactly what I was gonna say. I mean it, you just you're letting you're making sure you're gonna be okay when you enter the area. Yeah. So I mean I it's like again, we don't have any answers to it. But the the other weird thing too is why dial off pass then and now that's a big jump that's 34 in years time. well there was another and you gotta you guys gotta like russia's a huge fucking mass of land oh yeah like from the dyatlov pass to uh hamar Daban is like thousands of miles that's weird too because during the dyatlov pass they went through a storm too didn't they yes and there was another hiking group this one isn't nearly as mysterious outside of the fact that it's 10 hikers in the Russian mountains in 1973 that never, that didn't come back. And when they found them, uh, some of them were in the, there were five of them in the tent, all wrapped up in everything that they had warm, frozen to death. Five other ones were scattered out about the tent. Some of them had their shoes on. Some of them didn't. That's the uh, Shiv, Shivrua Pass incident. I didn't look into it. There's not that much like mysterious uh, goings on compared to Dyatlov and Hamar Daban, but it is weird that there was a third one right. taking place. It definitely seems like some type of testing to me, or like you said, the possibility, and I don't know how it would happen, but the possibility of an accident. It's like somebody accidentally setting something off? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or the storm setting something off. Because ironically enough, Dyatlov... And this one, there's both storms that came through with high winds. Yeah. And they even, I don't know, like there's then there's a lot that doesn't make sense to me. Like I can't wrap my brain around. Why didn't it affect Valentina? Right, yeah. And to throw more gasoline on the fire, a lot of people started to accuse uh, Ludomilia of killing the, ch- the kids. Uh. And Valentina took off and escaped but refused to talk about it. Well, then why would she have died then? The same way yeah. as everybody else. Yeah, but that's that's why some people Unless said she like had this. a heart attack. Yeah, true. But Valentina eventually decided to speak on the matter. Yeah. That's how all this information came forward. Right. And she didn't say anything like, of, of the such. The only way that I see the, the leader dying, too, is like if it was more of like a cult thing, drinking the Kool-Aid. Yeah. Just everybody did on. except her because she waited and then started seeing... What was happening to everybody, yeah, and she's but, like, fuck this. But she was the second one to go, so. So I don't know. Like, it's, it's fucking weird, man. It's weird. Because, I mean, it like, could it, it like very... Valentina said she ate and drank exactly the same thing as everybody else did, and she said they all ate good. They all packed good and ate good, so protein defi- the fact that protein right. deficiency was ticking off is weird. Well, and, and then you would also think that, Let's assume they all packed their bags in the same location because they all ate the same shit. You would assume that most people probably wouldn't have an immunity to a poison. Yeah. Like if it was done intentionally. 
or a nerve agent or something. Yeah, shit. Like, like I wouldn't. Not saying it's not possible. It does, I have no fucking it's definitely clue. Not probable. <laughs> yes, yes, that's my thought. So that that could be ruled out because regardless, either she didn't fucking eat or drink something, or she's got an immunity to whatever the fuck was going on. And I mean, it it is weird that she went unaffected because even if it was low frequency sound wave, infrasound blast, or something, there should have been something. It didn't affect her again. Yeah, there should have been something. Well, like even dis- despite all of this whole weirdness, there is one kicker to this story that okay. I I was Google mapping where the Hamar Daban is, and um, it's outside your house. Yes, but no. Oh. It does surround a giant lake in Siberia that we've talked about. Oh, cool. I know what you're talking it is about. directly on the shores of Lake Baikal. Well, Their that... tour started and was supposed to end on the shores of Baikal. That is interesting. How fucked up is that? That is fucking interesting. And all the crazy shit that went on. I don't know how we did the lake by call and didn't have this pop up. Well, it was I was looking and the it was spelled wrong. It was Baykal, B A Y K A L, and I looked it up and there's not a lake Baykal. It's by call. Okay. And I Google mapped the mountain range, and sure enough, there's right that big motherfucker. That's right fucked there. up. That's fucked up. I don't. I don't. I. It still doesn't. Like it doesn't make me think that it was the creatures from the the lake doing it, but unless it was unintentional, true. Them them coming and going from the lake, you know, could essentially change air pressures. Yeah, it could do a lot of it things. It could it could produce sound waves that humans can't fucking handle. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I mean it's possible. And at which point this would have been after the Russian incident, so maybe they were like, you know what, fuck these people. Yeah. Fuck, Fuck them. They're, they're getting too close up yeah. here in our mountain. Maybe they went from the lake to the mountains and they're getting too close. But Maybe, I mean, it's a po- it's a it was a positive or it was a popular tourist spot. Yeah, so. yeah. I don't know. It's that strange. It's a weird <laughs> coincidence. But it seems to happen in these this t- in this way where it's like where one weird thing happens, there's a bunch of weird things. It just that starts happen. taking off all the weird boxes. Right. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's it's fucking. Once I got diving into it, I'm like, I'm just just. Like it Being, makes my brain hurt trying to think, like trying to pin something to each of their symptoms, you know, and how yeah. how they would have got it. And it seemed to it was it spread almost like a virus. Like old boy went down first. Teacher goes back to try to help. She she goes down. It's weird that they took it out in the order they took it out too. It was almost like a scary movie. First one you take out. The strongest. Yeah. Second one you take out, the one who's the most experienced, who who gets shit together. Yeah. And then you just got a bunch of young kids not knowing what the fuck to do. Right, yeah. And it's scary to, to think about that one crawling over the rock and just beating their head off Can the rock. Can you imagine being the dentist kid who runs to the trees, hides, he's watching his friend go up to help his other friend that's tearing at her throat, tearing at her eyes. That friend turns, bites a chunk out of the friend that's helping. He's like... Motherfuck, what is going yeah. on? About that time he turns back around, sees friend number three dragging herself to the rocks, and she just starts slamming her head off the rock. Oh, dude, that, the that would where... that'd fuck me up. It really would. Hey, I wouldn't have gone back at all. I would turn around and kept she running. She kept fucking hoofing it. I would have, too. Sorry There's no If I watched my friends beating their face off a rock hard enough to kill themselves, I'm gone. <laughs> Sorry, dude. I would have been gone that, before that. When when one of my friends started eating the other one, I've been like, I've seen this movie, <laughs> yeah. and I know how it's going to end. I'm out of here. These motherfuckers are going to stand up and start chasing me down yep. this mountain, and I don't run fast. Yeah, exactly. So if, I got to get a head start. If we got 28 weeks later, we all have lots of problems. It's just, and if it is a nerve agent or some type of uh, military gas, the fact that this is what it does is terrifying. Yeah. I don't. I don't know that I. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know because it, there there are too many similarities to dial off, and each one of them had a storm. I, for some reason, I'm stuck on the storm too. And they had bruised inner organs. The fact yeah. that their lungs were bruised makes it almost is like an air pressure thing. But that doesn't that doesn't account for the fact of how bizarre their fucking behavior is. The fact that they were fo- it, like, I wonder if infrasound can. You like think infrasound could damage your lungs? I don't. 
I mean, like Bruce. No, you wouldn't think. I don't well, know. Well, it says it know. says that it does affect your inner organs. Well, I may be, because at both times, in in both cases, they were both on mountains. They both experienced high winds, and it was theorized with Dyatlov Pass that the winds whipping through the mountains could have created some type of infrasound that fucked with people. Crazy. It's possible. Dude, I don't know. If it, if wind can do that, that I, I'm fucking staying in my house. <laughs> it's windy out tonight. It's a windy day, guys. Uh, can't make it outside. Can't make it into work, fellas. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. I'm going to slam my head off the concrete. <laughs> but yeah, it wasn't a long mystery, but I figured that we should cover it because yeah, it's, it's so much like Dyatlov and yeah, no one bizarre. talks about it. It's I, bizarre. Again, I want to shout out Dark Curiosity's YouTube channel and uh, Nick Crowley's YouTube channel. They both did excellent coverage of uh, this mystery. Definitely hop in there and check it out. I also use .lovepass.com to get some information, which it is few and far between. It's a good good off-the-wall mystery for sure. So I apologize to any of our Russian friends, uh, me butchering all the names and stuff. But anyway, that's what I got for you guys. That's today's mystery. So check us out at all our social medias. Check us out at TikTok. Make sure you share the podcast with all your friends. We're trying to keep pushing forward, keep making gains, and that directly correlates with you guys helping us and spreading the word. So until next time, stay safe, stay weird, and stay the fuck out of the mountains in Russia.